on his part. Angels can't do it, and it's left up to you and me, and we are well qualified. We are well able. You're the one. Say, I'm the one. You are the one. You're the one he's going to use. He's the one you're using. He's using, and he is, has empowered you with the arsenal of heaven. He hadn't held back anything and saying, we're going to save this for Gabriel. We're going to, you know, only the big angels can use this. He put it in your hands and he has empowered you to do business in the kingdom. So we need, to, we need to take off any kind of glumness, any kind of sorrow, any kind of, well, I don't know. We know if there's anybody, the Bible says the church is the wisdom of God in the earth. And if anybody knows, it's us. Did y'all know the world is dumb as dirt right now? They have no clue. They're just reporting on chaos. But we're not a part of that chaos. We know. I said, I know. You know, even the sons of Issachar, they were, they were congratulated because they knew the signs of the time. Well, how much more is a son and a daughter of God know the signs of the times? We're not sucked into this, y'all. Say, I know. God's got a plan, and we know the plan. He said he wouldn't do anything without consulting with you. I wish we had a song to sing tonight, but I can't lead it. There's, it sucked the, the room dry. Hallelujah. But we need to stir ourselves up just for a minute. Help me, Debbie. What could we do? Jonathan, what could we do? Where are you? Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm up here with no singing, and, and I need to sing. Hallelujah. Oh, who's going to help me? Who's going to help me? Move on? Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to this in just a minute. Hallelujah. Till I get the front row straightened up. I want y'all to go across the aisle and I want you to find somebody. I want you to tell them how wonderful they are and how wonderful they look. Tell somebody by faith, ah, you are, you are marvelous tonight. Now we've come together and there's nothing like happens on earth like when the saints come together in faith. And we've come together tonight. This is not just a regular old Wednesday, whatever, business meeting, midweek service. We have come together for the battle plan of our life, for empowerment, for refreshing. We have, we have assembled ourselves together. And when we assemble ourselves together, hell is concerned. And heaven is ready to have a meeting. And so tonight, don't even think... Well, I'm going to go out like I came tonight. Now, you can. If you work on it, you can, but you, you will have to resist the things that God's got planned for the next hour and something to go out the same or less. It's just a natural flow for you to have increase, to be encouraged, to have things imparted into your life tonight. So you've loaded up. A lot of you have cleaned up. You know, I can tell. You know, you didn't look that good all day. And so, and you, you put off supper and you know, whatever. And you made it here. And you're thinking, God, we got the air conditioner on. That's real good. But God wants to do something for you tonight. And this is our time. The Lord Jesus himself said if we would gather up two or three in his name, that he'd be in the middle of us. And listen, nothing stays dull and routine when he comes and gets in the middle of us. I was looking in Judges chapter 6 where the angel of the Lord came to Gideon. And Gideon, you know, was downcast because every time they'd plant a little crop, the Midianites would come in and run off with it. And every time they'd get a calf or, you know, whatever, the Midianites would come in and they had to hide what little stuff they had. And the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and said, you know, hail thy mighty man. 
And, you know, Gideon's looking around like I thought I was here by myself. And God was speaking to the old covenant man and saying, you're something special. I want you to know tonight you got something special going on. And we're in the second half of the greatest year that he's ever put together. Now, this may hurt you, but this is better than the year Jesus was born. That was a good year, but this is a better year. Hallelujah, because just being born doesn't get the job done. Having resurrection power gets the job done. And we're demonstrators of that resurrection power tonight. Amen? Now, we're going to give here in a minute. But, you know, we don't have to. We're not going to take up an offering for the church tonight because of the church. We're just going to give one because you need to give. We're going to receive one because you need to give, not because we need to receive. How many of y'all know our needs are met? I mean, you got to get that. You got to get your got to get your hope and expectation off your job, your retirement. Things are in desperate peril right now out there in the world, and they had near come apart yet, like they're going to. But it will not affect us. I said it will. It'll affect us around us, and we'll have we'll have lots to think about. But we'll have a few things to believe, and all that matters is what you believe. How many believers we got in the house tonight? Oh, there's believers in the house. Listen, if you're in business, you're at the right place tonight. If you've got a job that you've been believing God for, you've been faithful over little, promotion is in your path. If you don't have a job, then there's a good one, a good one in front of you. And I tell you, their jobs are changing. People are going to, they're thinking about taking their own life and they're sure not going to be able to hold on to their job. We're not wanting them to do that, but I'm telling you, increase is in your path. And if they're not faithful or little, they can't hold on to the job you're supposed to have. So just get ready, y'all. I said, it's our time. This is our time. Well, you know, I'm so used to on Sunday morning saying the usher is in the aisle. Do we have more than one usher tonight? Hallelujah. We do. We got two. We got three. Hallelujah. Well, uh, this is full. This is full dress thing. So if you are giving tonight, you need an envelope. We got we're empowered tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we went to the Florida outpouring last week and, you know, just I'm not going to talk about it. You can talk about it, but I'm just going to say this that uh, we'd heard criticism before we went down there that says, well, you know that guy, they're just down there for your money. And we were down there and we we're in two wild-eyed services and they never took up an offering. We would have had to leave our money on our seat in order to give. Hallelujah. God's doing a new thing. Not that he's not taking up an offering, but I'm telling you that their needs are just met. And they were spending money everywhere to rent, you know, these huge tents and these big air conditioners and sound systems. You know, it was all just rented and out there at the airport. And people were coming in and they didn't even take up an offering. Neither night. Yeah, they take up one twice a week. But there was no mention about, you know, we're not doing this. We had to find this out from somebody else, you know. We, they just never got around to it. So praise God, we're coming into a new day where we're just totally dependent on Him. Well, we always were. We just sometimes didn't know it. There was crutches around, but we're dependent on him. Amen? Amen. Well, you got something to sow tonight? The man and woman of God ought to be a seed sower. If there's one thing that's a demonstration of your faith is that you can say something and that you can give something. We don't have much anything else, but those two things are all we need is to say something, move the mountain with our words, and to give something to cause something greater than what we have to come back to us because the seed is greater. 
So, Father, we thank you tonight for the privilege to live in this generation. Lord, here we are in July of 2008. We never dreamed you wouldn't be back by now. But, Lord, it's still ticking. And we thank you, Lord God, that explosion is all around us. And, Lord God, there is so much in front of us. And, Lord, we want to not miss anything. Lord, if you did anything with Oral, if you did anything with Brother Hagen, if you did anything at Azusa, if you did anything, Lord God, we thank you you're going to do it all and more in the days ahead. So, Lord, we just prepare ourselves. We get ready. We focus. We get ourselves lined up. And, Lord, tonight as we sow this seed, we thank you there is great power being released. This seed is able. And, Lord, our faith behind it causes it to happen. Now we release the needs of our life to be completely and absolutely met. We do not take a thought, an anxious thought about them anymore now because we're releasing the tithe, we're planting the seed, and that's the end of it. It's done, it's finished, it's completed, there's nothing else to do. We'll water this seed with our faith, but Lord, the job is done. Thank you, Lord, for increase. Thank you, Lord, for more than enough. Thank you, the Lord, that actually you said all sufficiency in all things was our lifestyle. I take that now. Say it with me. I take that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's let the children go to Children's Church. And we're going to continue talking about war on lack. We have declared war on lack at Word of Life Church. <clears throat> Hallelujah. In your lives and in, in, in the church, but, but in your lives, hallelujah, that you have no lack. Amen. <clears throat> but uh, we'll say we did go last week to the Florida outpouring they're calling. We call it a healing revival, but they're calling it the Florida outpouring in Lakeland, Florida, and uh, some of you may not have heard about it, but basically what happened was, <clears throat> was it in May or April? April 2nd, uh, Ignited Church in uh, Lakeland had a guest speaker in named Todd Bentley, and it was a be to be a four-day meeting, <clears throat> but God started doing some miraculous things, and so they extended the meeting and kept extending it. It kept growing and more and more people started coming until I think they've been in four locations now throughout Lakeland and finally they're at the Lakeland Airport and got 10,000 seats set up. <clears throat> and there wasn't that many there when we were there and we didn't even get to see Todd. He, the, his, the leadership that's over him told him to take a, a rest because he had been nearly 100 days ministering seven nights a week from seven at night till midnight. I can't imagine how tired you could get doing that. But they told him he needed to take a break. And so they last Wednesday he start, took off, and I read on the Internet that he's coming back this Sunday, uh, back to the revival, and other people have been ministering in his place. But it really doesn't matter because we went and got in the atmosphere. And, and I'll tell you something that you may not realize, but any time you make an effort beyond what is your normal effort like if you get in the car and drive 10 hours or 10 and a half hours like we did to get somewhere i mean there could be somebody and you do it because you're going to meet god you're going to to have a, a have a, an encounter with god there could be some little kid up there reading twinkle twinkle little star and you will get something from god because god shows up when you when you 
go out beyond yourself and produce an effort, whether it's to go to the ramp or whether it's, uh, you know, wherever it is. Even to church sometimes we have to go out beyond ourselves. But, you know, sometimes, like, you need to go out further than that, beyond yourself, and get some, go somewhere just to be in the presence of God, and God will meet you there. And so certainly the anointing of God is there. I don't know why anybody would criticize. Like one person said, um, when you're little... Uh, they 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 completely ignore you. When you're growing, uh, they criticize you, and when you're big, they 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 just they they crater you, you know. And so this this thing has gotten big. The night we were there, there were people from 32 nations there. I think there's been like 150 nations coming in and out. The airport's busy. The hotels are busy. The restaurants are busy. There's revival throughout the city. And it's funny because most of the revival is from people from outside. The pastor of the church, Stephen Strader, said that uh, only 1% of Lakeland even knows there's a revival going on. But uh, so, so a bunch of the, uh, like 20% is within a two-hour area of Lakeland, of the people coming, and 80% are coming from far and wide to, 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 to be in this outpouring. And uh, some of you may not realize it. Some of you may have already heard, but Todd Bentley is totally uh, out of your religious thinking. He is tattooed from one end to the other. He has uh, uh, earrings and he has a stud right here in his bottom lip. And, uh, <laughs> and he's... Uh, not much hair. He ain't pretty, I can tell you, except, <laughs> except in God. He's pretty in God. Hallelujah. But, you know, uh, the Lord told me, he, here's what he told me about it before I ever went. He said, you know, I'm not for tattoos, but that sure don't keep me from using anybody. Right. I mean, what I'm saying is, if you ask God ahead of time, do you want me to get a tattoo? He's going to tell you no if you listen. Because it's not his will for you to mark your body. And like Pastor said, tattoos are just battle wounds. When, when somebody's tattooed, you just know... They got battle wounds from the past when they're just covered in tattoos like that because they, they, they've just been hurt and wounded and they went and got those when they were hurting and hurt and wounded and, and out of their mind. And, you know, and he has a drug history and I don't know what all, but been delivered and set free and called to the ministry and hallelujah. And God, you know, God uses strange things sometimes. He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And there is no doubt this man has an anointing from God. People getting healed. Liver cancer was a lady got up, had got it documented from her doctor. Uh, just a, a lot, so many healings. Just not even countable. And, lot, and the thing is, they're not even, a lot of times, not even laying hands on them. Some of them, is, some of them it's word of knowledge. But sometimes it's just, they're just preaching and in the, they're really stressing getting in the presence of God. Well, praise and worship is two hours and 15 minutes long. I think that's why Pastor wanted to keep going tonight. It's just like, hallelujah, this is too short. We're used to just hallelujah until your legs fall off and then they go, you know. And uh, I don't know, really, I don't understand that. I can tell you because I know the Holy Ghost. And the first night we got there at 7, and at 7.35, the presence of God was there. He came in. It's like we were at that, you know how you get to that crescendo, and you know you're there. And I'm like, okay. And they just crank it back up again. The next time he showed up, and, and we knew he was at the crescendo, it was 15 minutes till 9. 
But that didn't phase them either. They just cranked one more time. And, you know, they're, they're going to drown Florida if they don't, because they keep singing all these songs on rain. And every time they get to singing these rain songs, and they don't just sing them two or three times through. They sing a song for 25 minutes, you know. And every time they do, the bottom just falls out. And it just rains as hard as it can rain. They're singing all these rain songs. It's like they better quit singing these or, or Florida's going to be underwater. <laughs> so anyway, it was just miraculous, but <clears throat> it, was, it was wonderful. It was also the craziest display of flesh you have ever seen in your life. Lots of spiritual things, but lots of flesh. Anytime you have fire, you're going to have flesh wildfire and uh and it was but you know it was so funny because it didn't it was like the holy ghost was so present you didn't even notice and some things i used to would have called flesh now i call spiritual and god but some things there ain't nobody could say that wasn't flesh you know <laughs> but uh but but one thing that you know used to I, a flag would just get me nervous if somebody had a flag you know but there was flags from every country and I was sitting there wishing I had an Alabama flag I was I was like I just it, it was just like I want to there's something I want to wave this declaring that God is gonna is pouring himself out in Alabama and I was wanting an Alabama flag so bad but um, but I'm gonna have to get past you. But you know, and God has a way of humbling you. Pastor was the same way about flags. He's probably worse than I was. Like he didn't want no part of them. So God put him right in front of a man with a flag of Jerusalem. I mean, of of, of uh, Israel. And this man waved this flag over Pastor's head for two hours, <laughs> just like this. And when he only time he laid his Israeli flag down was to get his shofar and blow it over pastors. <laughs> and and uh, I told, I th it went on so long, I thought he was going to turn into a Jew. I really did. I mean, <laughs> it was just, it was, that was, that was interesting. And, uh, and I, I mean, you, you have to kind of, you have to go for two or three nights because the first night you have to just watch, yeah, you know, because it's uh, from your shock. Or at least for us, y'all may have seen some of this stuff. I'd heard about it, but I had, but there was a lady beside us, and I'm, they must bring a suitcase of paraphernalia to praise God with. She had four different flags, and she would just get them and, you know, use different ones at different times. She never sat down. She took her shoes off. She was barefooted, and uh, she also had one of those. She had two different pieces of fabric that she put over her head and wore like kind of like a prayer shawl while she praised, and she would change those out. She had a Israeli prayer shawl with fringe, you know, and it's like, wow, it was just a, it was like a fashion show over here of, uh, of different praise stuff. And then, then the people that just lay down in the aisle. And here's the funny part, nobody even notices. There was not an usher in the place. There's 6,000 people there, and you couldn't find an usher. And yet, you couldn't believe it was, it was really orderly. Except, I mean, and people just step over these people and just, you know, keep going. And, you know, and, they're, and they just, and it's not like they get slain in the spirit. No. This one lady went down the front. You know, they go down to the front and praise the Lord. And I got in there. I had to go down there. The Lord, I was sitting there. I was taking a rest, and I sat down. And the Lord said, I want you to go up there. And I went up and got in that throng up there. 
Hallelujah. And so I stayed until I felt like the Lord released me and I came back. But this one lady, I go up there, they stayed, uh, you know, the two hours and 15 minutes. And when it was over, she just came back and she just, yeah, she had four inch stilettos. He wanted me to tell you that on. And so she stood up for two, half, two hours and 15 minutes and four inch heels. That'd be Jennifer. And, uh, and then she laid down in the floor facing in up against the chairs. And that's not all. Her friend came in and stepped over and got in like this and laid down and put her head on her stomach. And they just laid there the whole service. And it's like, I don't get it, Lord, but you know, I don't have to get it. If she's getting something, I'm happy for her. Anyway, I was going to tell you what the Lord told me about flags. <laughs> he said to me the first night, he said, why do you care if somebody wants to wave a flag in my honor? I said, I don't, I really don't, Lord. I just, I really don't care, you know. <laughs> and, you know, it was just like, wow, you know. Uh, and so there was, and it got, we actually heard barking one time. And, you know, you've heard of that in revivals. And we were getting a little scared at that point. But we looked around, it was a real dog. <laughs> it was, a, really, it was a dog. So when you go to an outpouring, this, and they stressed over and over. This is not a church service. This is an outpouring. So when you get outpourings, you get different things. And so, and you know, there was every sort of strange looking creature there that were people, you know, mohawks and all sorts of things. And, and I wore my grungies to church. And, of course, I looked dressed up compared to the guest, the, the guest speaker that night. But, you know, and I had on grungies. But... Uh, <coughs> So um, <clears throat> you get all of this stuff in an outpouring. But people getting blessed. I mean, people getting blessed. Hallelujah. I think God liked it. He, I felt the Holy Ghost there. His presence was there. Amen. Hallelujah. But oh, and I don't know if I can even tell you all this. <laughs> Come on to tell you. Well, there was this couple, two up front, like... <laughs> Like, we were sitting there, and they were here. And the whole time, I mean, and this is during praise and worship, they're just kissing and loving, and she just, they're just giggling. And these people are like 50-something. They're not teenagers. And they're just, you know, oh, it was just, you know, and she'd kiss him, and I love you. And I told Michael, I passed her, I said, how long they've been married? 30 minutes? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but, you know, so... Then all of a sudden, and so they're, they're just not paying any attention at all. And all of a sudden, they put on some music she liked, and it was like dropping a nickel in a jukebox or something. She just turned on, and just all of a sudden, she just went into this dance that was not like any, it wasn't a Holy Ghost dance, I can tell you. You could have seen it on country music television any day of the week. <laughs> Hallelujah. She did it the whole time. As soon as that music ended, she stopped. And here's the thing. Some of them, as soon as the music ended, they packed up all their paraphernalia and went right out the back door. Didn't even stay for the word or anything. And some of them didn't even show up till the word. Some of them said, hey, they're going to praise for two hours and 15 minutes. We ain't even showing up till 9 o'clock. And that's, you know, that's how it was. So, and, and you know, I've never been to an outpouring, but... If we ever have one, well, we're going to need a concession stand with fry laters and all that. They were frying food right out the door right out there in concession stand. Well, you know they didn't want them to starve. 
you know. So, hallelujah. And the potties, the potties were in uh, little trailer houses. Like, and you was like going into a mobile home, motor home potty, you know. It was like a little trailer house with five little, it was, that was interesting. Hallelujah. And all of that, to, it's hot in here. I'm hot and I ain't even started preaching. Uh, all of that cost $30,000 a day to rent all of that. And, you know, they're on the Internet and they're on the, his magazine, World Magazine, says saying, oh, it's just all about the money. But like he said, there was no offerings. And I didn't see anything that indicated it was all about the money. And you know what? There is nobody that would want to do that. I heard Pastor Strader on a tape today say his staff worked so hard and they were, you know, they took them, the first month it took them by surprise and so they weren't organized, they didn't, you know, or anything to handle this kind of thing. And he said every one of his staff ended up at the doctor's office. He said we're having a healing revival and we're at the doctor's office because we have been working 24 hours a day. Every one of them just trying to get it you know, flowing and organized. And so it was awesome, though. So that's, that's it, as far as I know, unless y'all want to ask me something. I, that was it. But the presence of God was there. I was going to tell you this. But one of the, what God did for us while we was down there is he dropped down in us so many instructions for Word of Life Church. I mean, so many things he wants done right here, right now. And so we just started, we just made a list, and we've already talked with Colin and Chris about it, and they're just like, oh, yeah, 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 that's, we want to do that. That's good. And so we've got new plans for Word of Life Church. The next step plans, now it's not building buildings. Hallelujah. Everybody say, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, I hope it's not building buildings. Although this after, this evening we were back in that youth room praying, I saw youth everywhere in the spirit back there. So, you know, no, not guaranteeing we're not going to have to do something to hold youth. But anyway, uh, it's not that. It's, it wasn't that. And so um, we're going to be giving to you that all to you pretty soon. But let's talk about war on lack for a few minutes. Um <clears throat> We have to keep ourselves encouraged where finances are concerned in this day and hour that we live in. I, I, you know, I'm not home much during the day, and I don't have the TV on much during the day, but while I was down there, I turned the TV on a couple of times in the hotel room during the day, and I didn't realize how many news channels they were. there was. I mean, there is a bunch of news channels, and they are all giving the bad news over and repetitively over and over and over and over and over about gas prices. And, and you know, they are, they truly are, if there's any creative power in words, they are creating a crisis, whether there ever was one or not. And they're, and they're scaring the liver out of the American people. You know, some one commentator, I don't remember who said this, or if I read it in the paper, but that the news media is actually causing the housing crisis because everybody's so blooming afraid to buy a house because of all the hype in the media about uh, housing prices. So they're creating a lot of it and speaking, and certainly they're making it bigger. And any problem that you have, if you talk about it, it's going to get bigger. Hallelujah. So we certainly don't need to be talking about gas prices and, and housing crises and uh, <clears throat> all those kind of things. 
And we are not in that system. And when Pastor said that tonight about us not being in the system, that system, what came up in my heart was that verse in Psalm 91, which says, Only with our eyes shall we behold the reward of the wicked. Only with our eyes. We don't experience it, but we see it. We see it out there, but we don't, it doesn't touch us. That's how it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. You know what? Lack is a reward of the wicked. The wicked are supposed to have lack. They are supposed to have lack so that they will turn to God. And so, hallelujah. And you know what? If, if you've got lack in your life, turn to God. And I, more than that, declare war on it. If you're saved, if you're redeemed, you're bought with a price. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He became a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us through Christ Jesus. We've been redeemed from poverty. We've been redeemed from sickness. We've been redeemed from spiritual death. Amen. Now, all of us will agree, I'm redeemed from spiritual death. I am not going to die and go to hell. I'm going to live forever, eternally in heaven with Jesus Christ. We would all agree on that. But, and most of us can get an agreement over that we really believe that it's God's will to heal us, that He's redeemed us from sickness. But we need to get an agreement and we need to make a firm stand, just like we do against sickness, we need to make a firm stand against lack. And you know how those tattoos, Pastor said they're battle wounds. They're, when people, when young men and women go out and get tattooed all over, they're hurting. They don't know who they are. They're confused. They, they, they you know, uh, and they're looking for something and they're, and, you know, and so they go and get those. And later, many times, they're sorry. Did y'all hear about the, who's the baseball player that did so good in the, help me, help me, you baseball fans. Huh? Josh Hamilton, that's right. And he's now a born-again Christian, and he, but he, uh, he uh, uh, got into drugs, got kicked off of a baseball team, um, a, a major league team got kicked off of it. He was an awesome batter, but he got kicked off because of drugs. His life was ruined. He had tattooed himself all over, and then he got his life turned around, went back to the, some sort of a batting event. I'm not I'm sure, but and hit... I think it was 18 straight homers, 28. Okay, I don't have it right, but boy, he just had, he took the night. He took the night, God in his life, but he's now, see all those battle wounds, those tattoos, he's, he wants them off. He went with lasers, he's got the money, because he, he's been reinstated into Major League Baseball and all that, and he went to get those tattoos off with lasers, and he said it was too painful. He's just going to live with them. But, you know, those are battle wounds. Well, you know, I want to tell you something. If you have debt in your life, you don't condemn yourself. If you have a debt, if you have a credit card, it's just a battle wound. It's just because we didn't know who we were. We didn't know how to operate in faith completely. Maybe we were operating partially in faith. We were getting part of it in faith, but we just didn't have the full picture. We couldn't see what we needed to see. And that debt is just a battle wound. And so don't get under condemnation about it. Just get in faith now. Amen. Amen. Just get in faith. Hallelujah. And so if you've had a bankruptcy, if you've had a foreclosure, if you've had a, 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 a 
you know, something repossessed, if you, <laughs> if the creditors are calling, you know, that's a battle wound. God wants to heal you of it. He wants to set you free from it. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Psalm 23, 1, we're, we're declaring war on lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack. I shall not be diminished or decreased or be limited in any way. The New Living Translation says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. We need to make this our, our declaration every day. Lord, you are my shepherd. I do not lack. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. And then going on and on through the scriptures, uh, Psalm 37, 25, I have been young and now I am old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. You need to declare. I, I, to, I told, I declared this morning, I said, uh, I will never have to beg for bread. My children will never have to beg for bread. My grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, they will never, ever, ever have to beg for bread. Amen? And we declare those things and we stand firm on them. Hallelujah. <clears throat> And then we've already quoted that one. And in Isaiah 53, 5, the chastisement for our peace. That word peace is shalom. In the Hebrew, the Hebrews understand that means prosperity. They've got a big revelation that God wants them to prosper. And they don't even have the New Testament. You know? Hallelujah. John 10, 10, I am come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. Amplified says that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to, to the full till it overflow. John 5, 24, I have passed from death unto life. You've already passed. You've already passed out of death. Amen. Psalm 37, 4, I delight myself in the Lord and He gives me the desires of my heart. I confess it this way, I have God's desires in my heart. Hallelujah. Luke 6, 38, I give and it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men given to my bosom. With what measure I meet, it is measured back to me. Romans 5, 17. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Let's go there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you declared war on lack? We've got to be more aggressive. You know how we've always taught you in this church, and rightly so. We have taught you never say, I can't afford. Right? But I want to tell you something. There's some what you can say, I can't afford. You can say, I can't afford to be passive. I can't afford to be ignorant. You can't afford it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't afford to be passive. I can't afford to be ignorant. Hallelujah. You can't. You can't afford it. You don't want to pay the price. That the toll, the toll that is going to be paid by those that sit back passively. Amen. Romans 5, 17, 4, If by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace. Oh, you have received abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. You've received a gift of righteousness and you shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Remember how I told you that we used to have a book back in charismatic days called uh, something about King's Kid. Harold Hill was the author. Remember I told you about that one night? Some of you are looking at me like a dog with a new pan. But I mentioned that. And you know, we went to, we were, we finished eating one day and there was an old bookstore there. Uh, a Christian bookstore, but it kind of was, it was kind of weird. You know, it wasn't family live, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't one of them generic 
don't have anything worth anything bookstores. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, deliver us. Well, anyway. And so on that shelf, this see it was print. This was published by Logos, and Logos doesn't even exist anymore. It was the name of the publisher. But I found that King's Kid, How to Live Like a King's Kid. I found that book. Hallelujah! And that had to be old, but it was it was brand new, but it was old. Hallelujah! So <clears throat> praise God. We're to be living like King's kids. Amen. Y'all agree? Yes. Hallelujah! Uh, <clears throat> praise God. Um, God, Psalm 35, 27. God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Hallelujah. He gets excited when you prosper. Galatians 3, 9. They, then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's probably one of the number one keys. And all these things shall be added unto you. All these things. What does that mean? Everything you need will be added unto you. And if you will seek ye first the kingdom of God. And that is even without you seeking after him. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 32. God freely gives to me all things. Hallelujah. Joshua 1, 8. I meditate in the word day and night. And I make my way prosperous. See, God's not going to make your way prosperous. You make your way prosperous. Turn over there to Joshua. Joshua Judges, after Deuteronomy, Joshua 1, 8. Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law, and all Joshua had was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all he had. But this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Out of thy mouth. Out of thy mouth. It's got to be more than in your thinking. It's got to be more than just, you know, you just kind of reading the scripture silently. It's got to be in your mouth. In your heart and in your mouth. In your heart and in your mouth. In your heart and in your mouth. That's the, that's the way of salvation. In your heart and in your mouth. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's the way of salvation. That's the way of salvation financially, too. That's the way out of spiritual death. It's the way out of uh, sickness and disease. It's the way out of, uh, of poverty. In your heart and in your mouth, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. So we know that meditation is something you do with your mouth. He explains there. He said it will not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. We thought meditate was think because we watched on TV how they sit in a lotus position and go, hmm you know, or something, whatever they do. And they get in that yoga stuff, and they call that meditation. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. But that's not what meditation is. Meditation is in your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but, that thou, but thou shalt meditate. How often? Day and night. Day, in the daytime we speak the word, in the nighttime we speak the word. You wake up in the night, you wake up speaking the word. Amen. When you get up, when during the day, you're driving, you're speaking the word. You're sitting in the office, you're speaking the word under your breath. That thou mayest observe to do. It's not enough just to speak the word. That thou mayest observe to do. You have to do. You have to observe. You have to see it. See what you're supposed to do. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Not to just, well, you know, I do a little bit of the Bible. No, we have to do all that is written therein. Hallelujah. 
For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This is the Bible formula for success. We meditate in the Word day and night, speaking it, our mouth, we observe to do. We, when, as you begin to meditate the Word and speak the Word, you will begin to see what to do. You will begin to see what to do. And once you see what to do, then you have to do. You have to do it. Amen? So that you may observe what to do and then you do it according to all that is written therein. And so we don't get there in one overnight or in one step usually because there's, uh, there's many things to do. Amen? Now there's some major things and there's some minor things. There's some general things that all of us are to do, but there's some specific things that you're supposed to do that I'm not supposed to do. Amen? And then that's when we make our way prosperous, and then that's when we have good success. Amen? Praise God. So, 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 we, uh, so we're willing to do that, and so we confess that over ourselves also. Uh, Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Say, I am willing and I am obedient. Isaiah 48, 17, let's turn there. Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. We're going to have to be good listeners. We're going to have to listen to Him, and He teaches us to profit. Hallelujah. I know He's taught us to profit. And we got all our profit by listening to Him. Everything that God gave us that was a financial boost or a financial blessing, we got it by listening to Him and doing what He said to do. Uh, uh, praise God, praise God. Deuteronomy 28.2. Deuteronomy has, I like this, I like this. Deuteronomy 28.2. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. With hearken, that, that means to hear, but actually, it, it, but literally, it's more than that. It's hear, it's agree with. We got to not just hear. A lot of people hear and they don't even agree. And then it's even beyond agree with. It is hearkening is when you, when you hear and you do. It's not just hearing. Hearkening. If your kids hearken to you, they didn't just hear you say, go empty the trash. They actually heard it and they went and did it. And if they didn't go and do it, they just heard you. And maybe pretended they didn't hear you, but, you know, but they just heard you. But if they hearken, you say, my little boy, he always hearkens to what I say do. Well, then you've got an obedient child. And that's what God wants is obedient children. And then we love Deuteronomy 28.8. The Lord shall command, and I thank you, Lord, for commanding the blessing upon our storehouses. Hallelujah. And he also commands it. I just noticed this other day. That's really two things he commands it on there. And in all that thou settest thy hand unto. He commands the blessing on what you set your hand to do. You know, we need to get busy doing something. Hallelujah. Uh, and, and, and in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So what he's told us to do, where he's told us to do it, he will give a commanded blessing on that. Amen. Psalm 68, 19. He daily loads me with benefits. Say, I'm loaded with benefits. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Matthew 21, 21. We'll go there. 
I got a lot of other stuff I want to do, but I just, I just love stirring ourselves up about these things. Hallelujah. And releasing faith. I hope you're releasing faith while we sit there. And we are going to have to aggressively do this from here on out. where Because uh, we, we have a system to overcome. This world system. Hallelujah. We want to live above it. We don't want to live in it. We don't to want to live like they live. Hallelujah. Praise God. We want to live according to the system of the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, Matthew 21, 21. So we're going to continually, uh, uh, aggressively keep ourselves stirred in these areas. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not. Say, doubt not. You know, you choose whether to doubt or not to doubt. You choose to believe. And I'm choosing not to doubt. I'm choosing to believe this word and not doubt. Ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Hallelujah. Praise God. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. So we need to resist doubt. Just like you resist pain, just like you resist sickness, if you get a cough, you start resisting it, don't you? You say, cough, I resist you. You get off of my body. Well, when a thought of doubt comes to your mind, you need to say, doubt, I resist you. I'm not taking you. This is not my thought. I have the mind of Christ. This thought did not come from me. My mind is renewed. This thought's coming from hell. I resist this thought. Doubt you get out of here in Jesus' name. Just like we resist fear. I don't, when fear comes, don't you resist it? I hope you do. Hallelujah. Well, we need to resist doubt the same way. We refuse to doubt. You cannot fight a thought of doubt with a thought. So if a thought of doubt comes to you, like, um, I just don't know how we're going to pay this bill this month, and you have that thought come to you. you it's not enough just to say, oh, well, maybe. just inside thinking, maybe God will do something. That is not enough. You cannot resist a thought with another thought. You have to resist thoughts with words. So you have to say, I resist you. I heard that thought. I resist it. In Jesus' name, I will not take that. My God supplies all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's not up to me to figure out how we're going to pay that bill. I'm, I'm bought with a price. I belong to God. He supplies my need. He's, my, he, he, he's, he's in charge. He's responsible for me. Hallelujah. He told me not to even think what I'd wear, what I'd live in. He told me not to even think about it. He, it says that the birds are just supplied. And how much more am I valuable to God than a little sparrow? I don't know about you, but I can't stand sparrows. And, it, and my, my, my mother-in-law, she has like uh, six or so or maybe more huge mulberry trees behind her house in West Texas. And mulberry trees is the sorriest tree that God ever invented or created is a better word. They are because, you know, they, they grow their roots by, up by the sidewalk and just rip up every sidewalk and just make all the sidewalks unlevel. And, and so she's got this 5,000 square foot ranch style home with a patio out back. But, she's, but the people before her planted all these blooming mulberry trees. And now 30,000 sparrows come to those trees. Every, you can't go on her patio for the bird poop. <laughs> she hates them too. I mean, she hates those birds. And if you knew Mimi, Mimi is like, she is just like, 
you know, those birds agitate her. But Walter, his dad, won't let her cut the trees down. Well, and you know, in West Texas, it is a sin to cut a tree down. It's one of the, it is, it is a total sin. But, it's, but anyway, um, <clears throat> I don't like sparrows. And God said he's going to take care of them ugly. They're ugly. And they're messy. And if you ever have a bird feeder, they come, they sling bird seed everywhere, and they eat like little wolves. Whoever heard that saying, eat like a bird? Birds eat lots, and they eat messy. And so weeds come up everywhere in your flower bed because of them blooming sparrows. And there's so many of them, you can't even get a cardinal or something pretty to come near. Now, I'm not trying to be ugly about God's creation, but, he, but I think God knew what sparrows were like. And they probably weren't like that in the Garden of Eden. They were probably wonderful, but under the curse, under the fall, sparrows have been low, low, low. And he said, listen, this is low life, and I even care about it, and I clothe it and provide for it. And you are my... He tells us that we are the apple of his eye. And, and so if he takes care of those blooming little sparrows, how much more me and you? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. And so we have people come by the church and say, I need food or I need gas or I need, I need this. I'm everything in the world they ask for. And, um, and you know, and they tell, we say, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? Yes, 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 yes. Well, there's just one, two, there's two answers to that question. Either you're really not saved or you don't even know you're righteous or you wouldn't have to be coming to this church asking us for gas and food, and we give it to them. We, we give them food anyway. Hallelujah. Don't let them starve. Uh, you know, I even, this lady came by recently, and Pastor, we gave her food, but she hadn't eaten since the day before, so you know, you don't want to go, you don't have time to cook spaghetti. So I'm going through the visitor bags and giving her crackers out of the visitor bags. I was like, well, you know, she won't starve eating a cracker, you know. So uh, she got peanut butter crackers for lunch that day. But that's all we had out here. Uh, Matthew 7, 7. Let's go there since we're in Matthew. Oh, hallelujah. I'm getting in faith. My faith's getting stirred. I already had faith, but my faith gets stirred. Every day when I begin to declare these things, and I don't spend a long time, but when I begin to declare these things, and I don't look up every scripture. Some of them I just have wrote down, and I declare them. I might look up a couple of them. And, and, but, you know, when I declare them, I get, I get, I get, I get charged. I get, and I get, you know, and I'm like, oh, praise God. And then I go to the, the, the salon or the beauty shop, or I go here, and they talk about lacking. It just is like I'm Teflon coated. It's like it don't even bother me. But you know, when my, if I'm depleted, then when they start talking about it, I start getting that little fear thought, that little, oh, oh, you know. It's the same with any, if you have your faith built on Psalm 91 and that you're in protection, then when you go to the beauty shop, and you know, if you want to know anything in this town, just go to the beauty shop. I don't know how it is, but more than any place in town, they know everything. And today I heard about everybody been murdered in Tuscaloosa. See, now I hadn't been reading the paper and I hadn't been listening to the news, so I didn't know that they were just, you know, picking them off like flies. But to hear, to hear these people in the beauty shop tell it, I mean, you just, they're picking them off like flies here in Tuscaloosa, you know. And it is in the good part of town, I'm telling you, you know. And so, but if you are in Psalm 91, that's just like, so? 
But if you're not, I've noticed that sometimes when I hadn't used, hadn't been consistent about building myself up, it's like, mm, mm, mm. And because, you know, there, I can't tell you how many nights, I, uh, mornings I've gotten up and pastor didn't even put the garage door down that morning. You know, we slept there right under the open heavens practically. <laughs> you know. Uh, so now I've got where I check the door. But... Matthew 7, I've heard, it has happened more than once. Trust me, folks. Hallelujah. Matthew 7, 7. Where is Matthew 7? I can't even find verse 7. Mine turns from Matthew 6 to... Where is Matthew 7? I promise. Is somebody rip a page out of my... There it is. It's because I wrote over the top of it that I can't find it. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone, say everyone, everyone. that asketh receiveth. Everyone that asketh receiveth. Can you imagine a promise any greater than that? Everyone that asketh receiveth. Uh, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Amen. Praise God. You can get excited about that. Uh, or, what, or what man is uh, there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? You know, if you ask for a fish to eat, God's not going to give you lack or, or, a, you know, or a serpent or something. Well, I won't teach him a lesson. I'm going to give him something. He asked for a fish, but I'm going to give him something to teach him a lesson. No, uh, no, that's not. He doesn't give us a serpent when we ask for a fish. Hallelujah. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? I don't know about you, but my children are so important to me, and my grandchildren, if they're hurting, I can hardly stand it. If I think they're hurt or hurting or, uh, or anything, you know, any discomfort at all to them, it's like I can't stand it. I can't. I'm just like, <gasps> and that's how God feels about you. It's like he can't stand it for you to hurt in the least. He can't stand it for you to be sick. He can't stand it for you to have lack. He can't stand it. And, and you know, he's just waiting for us to ask. We need to ask. And you know, it, it, this verse has the connotation of keep on asking. Amplifies says, keeps on, keeps on, keeps on. We've been talking about how you have to contend for things. This is a scripture that's, taught, that's, that's about contending. We ask and we keep on asking. We knock and we keep on knocking. Hallelujah. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Hallelujah. Now, this, we got to go there. Because, you know, I talked about the lady that came come in, and that was one recently, but we have them all the time. 2 Corinthians 5.21. That come by on a regular basis. People come by the church or call the church uh, with a need. And if, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. One way that you make sure that you don't ever have to beg bread and that you don't ever have lack is you've got to be firmly and completely persuaded that you're righteous. Hallelujah. And that you are righteous not based on anything you have done or haven't done. Hallelujah. So if you're tattooed from the top, I mean, if we can't see skin on you, that matter if you're righteous. If you're, if, you're, if you're born again, you're righteous. 
Hallelujah. And God's not looking on outward appearance, thank God. We're all thankful for that, aren't we? Hallelujah. He's looking on our hearts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And you know, it's kind of also a phenomena. And God's using it as a method too, this Todd Bentley thing and this using this. Uh, this one pastor who is pastor of a Word of Faith church there in Lakeland, they said Lakeland is a portal of heaven. And you can tell there are so many huge churches that are spirit-filled, word of fi- spirit-filled faith type churches. But they also said it was, a poor, it was a gate of hell too. That there was more meth labs in Lakeland than any else, other place in the United States. And more people murdered too. <laughs> they said you can go to their mall and there'll be 25 people there because people get shot in the mall there and stuff. And uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, I guess because God showed up there, the devil did too or something. I don't know what the deal is. But anyway, so there's this Word of Faith pastor that was doing one of the pastor's meetings there. And I was listening to it on a CD. And he was talking about how God using Todd Bentley and these tattoos was a method to reach people. That couldn't be, and so he said he had been trying to get his dentist to go to these outpouring meetings for like two months, ever since they started. And the dentist would be like, "Nah, you know, not interested at all." But so one night he started telling him about, well, yeah, the evangelist. Or one day when he went to the dentist, he started telling this evangelist he's got tattoos and he had on shorts and no shoes and had his shirt was a uh, 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 what is that? Rep- World Federation of Wrestling, World Wrestling. Yeah, a wrestling T-shirt, and he and that's what he preached in. And that dentist said, "I gotta go see this." <laughs> and so it's like you can't get him any other way. God'll get a tattoo guy, hallelujah. Or Pastor Buzzy calls him Tattoo Boy. <laughs> anyway, um, so I don't know what I was talking about, but oh, I know we gotta get firmly rooted in that we're righteous. Hallelujah. And better by the way. I think one of the reasons God uses this Todd Bentley is he's so humble. You know, uh, Carl Strader, who is, uh, what, 78 years old? And he's like the pastor of this church's dad. And he's an old-timer. He had lunch with Stephen Strader. Now, I heard this on a CD. And Brother Strader said, uh, and he can see that these people, this ignited church and Brother Carl Strader, they are assembly of God. Now, I just think that's hilarious. I mean, I'm sure that is. Oh, God likes to agitate religion, don't he? And, and these people are assembly of God. And so, uh, uh, and so he said, uh, Stephen, uh, no, not Stephen. Is that his name? What's the evangelist's name? Help me. Todd. I, I was on Stephen Strader. Okay, Todd Bentley said to him, well, Brother Carl, you know, do you have any wisdom for me? Do you have anything you'd like to say to me? Can you help? Can you just impart anything to me? And he said, well, uh, he said, well, Todd, all I can say to you is, I don't know why God uses you. <laughs> and he said that, uh, Brother Todd said, I don't know either. <laughs> and, you know, so he's very humble and everything. And uh, so... That's one reason God's using him. So we can be humble, but still we have to know we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Well, we need to stop, I think. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's just look. Oh, hallelujah. I just never get as far as I want to. Mm, we may just have to keep going on this. Hallelujah. Till I get to the end. 
Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up together. Praise God. Well, we're in an outpouring all over the earth. This is not just for Lakeland, Florida. This is actually, it's breaking out everywhere. So we're in an outpouring. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for pouring out upon us in Jesus' name. 